The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order. Let's gavel in for this week's State House Takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran. Hey, is is it Friday yet? I know we're all used to seeing the takeout in our inboxes at the end of the week, so we're not suggesting you consider this a Friday, but if you feel like taking a three-day weekend, feel free to mention our name. <laughs> we're, we're joined later on in the podcast by Senate President Karen Spilka, who's going to talk about the ongoing work of the legislature, how her branch has been operating and adapting to the pandemic era and staying in touch with each other in, in spite of the pandemic, including something that she calls the buddy system. So stay tuned for an interesting interview with uh, the gentle lady from Ashland. Uh, but Chris, uh, I'm joined by Chris Van Buskirk of the Statehouse News Service. Yes, uh, hey, Chris. Uh, it has been a quiet week on Beacon Hill. I feel like we should have Garrison Keeler on. It's been a quiet week in Lake Wobegon or in Beacon Hill. <laughs> sure, uh-huh. yeah. And I remember right before the uh, we stopped the podcast, you mentioned you could hear a pin drop in the State House halls, and you have been able to hear a pin drop in the State House halls since then, and you continue to be able to hear a pin drop in the State House halls. <laughs> it has been very quiet in this building over the past, what, four and a half months, four months? Right. We got that flurry of activity in July, which in some ways felt like a normal July, even though they ended up extending past the 31st, and they can still hold sessions up till the first Wednesday in January. Uh, there was still that crush of activity and desire to get as much done as possible over the last few weeks. And then you hit July 31st, which isn't even a real deadline anymore. You head into the first week of August this week, and all the activity just kind of stops. Yeah, it was Um, was an immediate change from one week to the other. And, you know, something that I uh, had realized during that rush of activity was that, like, being new to the building— there that's that's the normal for me at least right <laughs> there there you, well yeah you came up here last fall the bulk of your experience in this place is r- remote formals and <laughs> extended sessions so it's uh it's an interesting time to be uh to be working up here on the hill certainly is uh something that we've been saying to each other and and trying to point out is it's interesting first week of august this year just like a normal first week of yeah. august the you you can uh, say something in the quarters and it's going to echo from one end of the building to the other. Uh, but there is a lot of work going on behind closed doors on those conference committees that got set up. Uh, currently five active conference committees on those major issues like policing reform, uh, climate change, uh, health care. And so for the select few senators and representatives who got appointed to those negotiating panels, uh, the work is very much continuing through August while others might be enjoying vacation or, or working hard on campaigns. Right. And, and this is something that the Senate president, you know, will say in the uh, next segment is most of that work's occurring over Zoom. Right. Not a lot of people still, again, <laughs> actually in the building. Right. Right. That's a good point. Um, and and in this remote technology era, there is that ability to even uh, we, we saw a photo on Twitter uh, recently of I think it was Rep Vitolo yep. uh, t- tuning into something over Zoom, uh, but from his vacation setting, uh, <laughs> sitting out on the deck in shorts and a suit jacket uh, still at work in, in some sense. 
So, Sam, I know a, a lot happened this week. So tell me some of the headlines. What, what's been going on this week on, on Beacon Hill? I know we're going to be talking about the budget a fair amount in the next segment. And the governor did sign that three-month interim budget on Tuesday. He sent back some amendments, but the funding is there to carry us through October. And I know uh, you were talking with uh, Senator Michael Rodrigues uh, the other week, and he was telling you about how uh, we're hoping that the budget picture comes into focus by that point. And Chris, the governor this week also signed that school breakfast program bill, the so-called breakfast after the bell bill, uh, which uh, lawmakers have been working on for years. And and that finally got over the finish line. Uh, And the governor also added his signature to a resolve allowing for a Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King memorial in the House chamber. So uh, I guess stay tuned for for developments on the design and, and construction of that. Uh, Chris, after the break, we're going to have Senate President Karen Spilka speaking with our own Katie Lannon of the Statehouse News Service. Last week marked the two-year anniversary of President Karen Spilka's tenure leading the Massachusetts Senate. She was elected to the presidency during unprecedented times in the upper chamber. And now, two years later, we find ourselves in rather unprecedented times as a state and as a society. The branches devoted much of their work this spring to COVID-19 response. And now we're heading toward autumn after setting up private conference talks on some of the big bills. Over the past few weeks, with a lot of late sessions and major bills on the move, the president has often stopped outside the chamber to answer reporters' questions. And today, President Spilka joins us on the Statehouse Takeout for a comprehensive discussion with reporter Katie Lannon of the Statehouse News Service. Thanks for joining us, Madam President, and uh, I'll turn the floor over to Katie Lannon. Thank you, Sam. Awesome. Thanks, Sam. And thanks for uh, joining us here today, Madam President. I know we've uh, we've talked on the phone a few times over the, the past few uh, strange months, and it's kind of the same today, although this time we'll uh, we'll have a little bit of an audience eventually. Hopefully. Hopefully. I, I'm told that people listen to this. Um, but so here we are. We're in August. We've, we've made it this far. Um, over what's usually kind of the the finish line for the summer, what's um what's this August going to look like for the Senate? Well, I think it will be a very busy August and into the fall. There still is, as you know, a lot going on. Um, we extended the session. You know, it's interesting, Sam. I hadn't thought of taking over in unprecedented times as well. Very different times, but. Um, this two this Senate presidency, two-year Senate presidency, I, I guess can be termed as being very different than those ever in the past. Uh, and in some ways, though, it was comforting to know that um, that what I took over, it was at times difficult circumstances, but that has been put behind the Senate, and we have moved on and had a quite successful session, I believe, this year. Um, So it was interesting for you to even remind me about that, 
because I do believe that the Senate has been active and engaged and a very collaborative spirit type of body and been successful in getting our agenda done. And that's why we ha we uh, are uh, wanted to extend this session because of the unprecedented times related to COVID-19. Who could have imagined this, you know, back in even January of 2020, let alone January of 2019. Uh, but the Senate also has risen to the occasion, I have to say. And considering we're a body of hundreds years old with so many, uh, um, you know, ways of doing business, uh, I do believe that the Senate has been nimble, uh, hardworking, the staff have been terrific, the senators great, and we've, we've really buckled down and gotten our uh, COVID bills. You know, we've done, what, probably at least 20 bills during this time. I think the Senate was in session every single week, starting with the COVID emergency order. Um, we've gotten many bills done working with the House and the administration uh, from for helping businesses and small businesses in particular, our residents, our municipalities. Um, so we've really uh, focused on that and continue to focus on it. And that's why, you know, extending this session was important because of the COVID. And uh, we still need to, as you know, focus on our budget, our conference committees, and see if there's anything COVID-related that we need to take action on. We're hoping, yeah, either. hoping that it keeps going, you know, but there is a slight uptick and we need to continue to monitor that. Yeah, I mean, I think it's, you know, I one of the things I, I usually like to ask people when I interview them is to tell them, you know, what what surprise tell me what surprised you but i i think it's um it's been a really surprising year so maybe that question doesn't apply here <laughs> exactly but you know I, i'm curious about you know through the the surprises the weirdness um that we've seen over the past three years um or a few years um certainly on beacon hill and the, the past couple months in particular How's your experience been as Senate president kind of adapting the body, which, like you said, has this history, has these traditions? How how do you run it over Zoom? Uh, it, it's very it's different, but um, we we've adopted, um, you know, and I think overall successfully um you know, we we had. I think you know we have uh, Democratic leadership meetings once a week um, that usually last at least an hour. We have caucuses every week, and we had them at least in preparation of our uh, sessions to discuss what was coming up, what we've done, what was on the horizon. Uh, let members raise issues. We had um, sessions. Uh, formal sessions every week. We continue to have the working group continuing. It's it's backed off a little bit as COVID has, um, you know, hopefully started trending down. But the working group was very active, and that kept people and senators and staff active and engaged. 
we um, had listening sessions. So different members, whether it be a listening session on the recovery and economic development or labor and workforce or healthcare or childcare. So, you know, having that actively engaged. And I have to say something that I started back in March, the first week that we were, were out basically, was what I call a buddy system, very simply a buddy system. Um, you know, I wanted a system that would help make, make sure that every member was touched at least a few times a week, whether they be actively involved in the working group or, you know, whatever. And there were um, buddies, literally buddies. I mean, I don't know how else to describe it. <laughs> You know, I was a den mother for many years. I mean, and, and this, it was it was very important because, you know, you've heard me talk and I, I continually urge the senators to take time for themselves, their, their families. During this time period, I mean, you know, most of us have, have spent more time at home alone in isolation um, and, and it's been very stressful. It, work has been stressful, families, you know, some, members, some staff, some some members, some senators, their spouses have lost their jobs. I mean, it is, they're taking care of their kids, they're working, just like all other families across the Commonwealth, it has been very stressful. So uh, there have been, there were uh, five different buddies that were, uh, you know, sort of had uh, various senators that they called, texted, touched based, uh, several times a week, if not every single day, particularly during the height of the pandemic, to share what was going on, what were there any questions, um, was there any information to share resources, find out what was going on in the district, if there's any information that needed to be passed on to me or that I needed to pass on to the governor. I mean, so we really tried to keep in touch on a lot of different levels and different. Yeah, and as you've um, as we've gotten through these uh, the marathon sessions of the the past week or so, I know Sam and Chris have um, spoken to you, seen you in the building, been around. What's for for those of us who are who are still dispersed, who aren't you know making the the trek up to Beacon Hill, and the members of the public for whom the state house is closed? What's it? What's the building itself been like? What's it been like to be there in this kind of strange uh, virtual time? Strange, eerie. Um, I miss the people. I, I miss you know the the day to day contact with my colleagues, with staff, with, uh, you know, house members. I miss the the public. Um, it, it is a very different experience. And it's something that, you know, I, and that's why we've tried to do as much substitution, I guess, as we can for to continue the contact in the best ways that we can, whether it be the ways that I've just described with the Senate um, with staff, we've had uh, at least monthly, my chief of staff has meetings with all of the chiefs of staff. Uh, the district people in my office have, have meetings uh, regularly to raise issues. If there's something that, you know, like the um, unemployment issues were really a problem in the beginning, particularly the pandemic unemployment, people were having a hard time 
uh, applying, getting through, knowing if their their application even was was uh, successful. So we held you know meetings with Zoom. They, of course they were all Zoom meetings, but with constituent work, you know, district folks, staffers. Um, you know, at the end of session last week, I had a, uh, a Zoom meeting open to all staff to thank them for all of their efforts, because I know for them too, it's been really tough, you know, working remotely, dealing with some very intense constituent issues and problems. I mean, it, it has been very tough for staff as well. So, and it continues to be. So we try to find as much support uh, we have a new human resources person that has done affinity groups and meetings and out, a lot of outreach to people as well. Great. And I know um, as, as you talk about those Zoom meetings, we've got some some conference committees that are, are going. And I know a few of those have been having their their meetings via Zoom. And those are really the, the bills that are in conference are a lot of the, the big bills that people are watching. Um, do you have any any sense of how those I think there's five going on now, the fifth for the climate change bill just appointed any any sense of how those various talks are going? Well, each one is probably at a little bit of a different stage, considering when they got started. Um, you know, the the size of the bills, um, I mean, they're, you're right, there are some very big critical bills in conference. We have the racial justice, we have the economic development housing bill, we have now climate, um, we have the transportation bond bill. Um, trying to think of there there should be another one. Um, health care, I think, is the, the other one. Yeah. Healthcare, yeah. Um, so those are issues that are important to both the House and the Senate. So, you know, I I, I think I you know I, I said the other night uh, to to I think you Sam that they need to work their magic. You know, they they all have different ways and they'll work and uh, hopefully get it them the job done. But this is why a large part why uh, it was important to extend the session because we need mm -hmm. to get the work done. It, you know, the fact that there was COVID-19, um, you know, may may have helped us, may, made us sort of sideline and focus so much on the pandemic and the economic recovery. But these issues are critical to the health of our residences, our communities and our businesses as well. That um, that racial justice and police accountability bill, that's certainly a, a closely watched issue that kind of popped onto the agenda here on Beacon Hill late in the session. And I know that's one you said, um, like the speaker and like Governor Baker, you wanted to get done by July 31st. What, what do you think happened there that it wasn't, you know, that it's not on the governor's desk at this point? I think people on the conference committee are working hard and care deeply about what they're working on. I, I think it's as simple as that. Uh, this issue, there's a lot of individual complicated issues involved in, in both of these bills, the House version as well as the Senate version. And I think that it's just Im important for us all to remember why we're doing this. You know, I think uh, we need to keep mind of I think of Yuri Stamps from Framingham, who who uh, passed, who was um, in uh, had an incident in 2011, mm -hmm. uh, was killed in his house. Breonna Taylor, George Floyd, 
and the long list of other black men and women um, who should be with us still today. And, you know, people want to see a change. We uh, believe that, that clearly the House and Senate believes that it's time to recognize that we do need a, a change in, in the way we approach. And this legislation isn't the end all. Uh, I've said before that I believe that there's this is a sprint and a marathon together. This is the sprint part. Um, you know, I think that when the parties have it done, it'll it'll be done. I mean, it, it's it's you know, it, it's like anything else. You have to just let let it it wend its course and let people work out the issues. I have a lot of faith and trust in in uh, both the senators and the representatives that are working on this. And the other kind of big unknown that's that's really hanging over everything is the the state budget. Um, I, I had a feeling you were going to say that when you mentioned that. Use those words, yes. Right, it is the big unknown. And you know, you, Madam President, you've been on Beacon Hill almost twenty years. You were a school committee member before that. You, you're a former Ways and Means Chair. Have you ever seen a budget cycle like this one? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, I've seen tough times. In fact, my first day on, on as a as a representative was the day in November um, when the session. But it was the first year people came back. We were supposed to be in recess. We came back. I was sworn in along with Ed and Gobi, November twenty first, twenty two thousand and one, after nine eleven. Oh wow! The day, the day we voted on the budget for that that year, it was that late. It was November. Um, for the, that current fiscal year, um, I didn't know what I was doing. You know, it was my first day on <laughs> the job. I was sworn in, and then my my first big vote was on a budget. Um, wow! It was um, so that was uh, maybe it set the stage. It was unprecedented, you know, in my tenure <laughs> in the state house. But um, I've never seen anything like this. And you know, again, I think that that it's. Um, I'm proud of the Senate and I believe the House as well. We have been nimble in trying to deal with this uh, unprecedented, and I hate to use that term over and over again, but it really it really fits. Uh, we have worked closely with the House the, and the governor so that, you know, in the beginning I said with the budget and with this whole situation, unprecedented times require unprecedented solutions and it made the most sense to me to not have the house do its budget first and then the senate and then the administration take a look send it back because you know and everything else that just does not fit here and yet we need some sort of budget to keep state government and local government going uh so i'm proud that we have had uh, much discussions with the, with the House, with the administration. The chairs of Ways and Means meet both on the House side and the Senate side, meet regularly with the Secretary of ANF to talk about these issues and figure out a strategy that works best for the Commonwealth. And it was a joint decision, the two chairs to, in particular, to um, have do a three-month budget to keep us going so that so that we will have the time, hopefully, to get some more of the the factors that we need in in doing a long term full year budget. Uh, in particular, what is our federal assistance? What will it be? 
the range could be from zero billion all the way up to the U.S. House's version, I think, you know, is 10 billion. That right. would be terrific. I don't think we anticipate that. But what will it be? What will be our tax revenue? We extended the um, time period from April 15th to July 15th. The numbers are just beginning to come in now. And then I think we also need to see what is going to be the trend of the public health aspects of COVID over the next few months, as well as the economy. Will we continue to be able to uh, keep things open and, and, and get going and, and increase our tax revenue? Or hopefully, you know, not this latter uh, scene, but, you know, we don't want to be another Florida or Texas where uh, the numbers just come back and, and we have to really look at shutting down. That That is something that nobody wants. So we need to have some more information. So we have uh, met our responsibility, I believe, by providing for the uh, services and programs that people need. We I pushed really hard for that local aid agreement of level funding or unrestricted local aid to our cities and towns so they can plan, as well as our chapter 70, as you, you I think both know, uh, education aid was the reason that I ran mm -hmm. for the legislature years ago. It is something that has been critically important to me and uh, fair funding and making sure that we educate our kids, all of our kids uh, and close that achievement gap has been critically uh, important. So uh, we level funded uh, chapter 70 education aid, but also added enough to make sure that there was the um, uh, uh, inflation and um, growth factor. So we added $107 million to that as well. That is on top of the almost $450 million that school districts have gotten from federal aid. And I'm hoping this next round of federal aid, whatever package it is, will have much more for our public K-12 uh, schools, our higher ed, and our early ed. So that's another thing we got to be watching out for, right? The next uh, next word from the federal government. We've got that to look out for. We've got conference committees to look out for. So it looks like there's um, plenty of stuff on the horizon for this <laughs> typical summer vacation season. As, uh, as the president said uh, earlier on, who could have imagined this back in January? Uh, but here we are, and, uh, and we'll see how things progress as we head through the fall. Uh, thanks very much for joining us, Madam President, and, and thank you, Katie. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com. Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.